Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So this week on the podcast, we have the brilliant Quiva O'Malley. Quiva is an actor based here in Dublin. She graduated from the Gaiety School of Acting uh, a couple of years ago, and since then she's been flat out working all over the city, all over the country, um, in amazing shows at the Gate uh, and the Abbey, which which is always super. And uh, she's on your screens now at the moment in Fair City. Uh, also recently worked on The Randomer with Jerry Stembridge and with friend of the podcast Paul Howard. Um, who uh, of Russell Carroll Kelly fame uh, Quiva was in Breaking Dad there at the Gaiety Theatre and in the Opera House in Cork I believe and it's just done tons and tons of really really great work uh, so I'm really excited to sit down and chat to her uh, if my voice sounds a little bit funky uh, I'm just a little bit under the weather so please forgive me uh, I'm not dying of throat cancer though on the bright side so guys without further ado please enjoy the brilliant Quiva O'Malley playing personality bingo with Tom Moore. ready to play personality bingo? I am very ready. All right, sweet. So uh, a quick explanation of how it all works. Uh, I've got 60 minutes on the clock, 60 balls in here, and 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you five numbers of that sheet of paper. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? Yeah, it's 12, 46, 55, 11, and 17. Okay, nice one. Would you do me one more favour and pick another number, something between one and 60 that's not already there? I think I'm going to pick seven. Seven. Any yeah. reason? It's my birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah, Okay. September. 7th of September. All right, sweet. Okay, scribble that down there. Uh, And I should say that if all six of those numbers do come out, that means the tables are turned and you can ask me any questions. And how many how many balls do you take out in this set? Depends on how chatty we're feeling. Okay. And I have a feeling we could be chatty, Quiva. Oh, okay, so I might only get four out then. I'm not gonna definitely not going to win. I mean, we've only just met <laughs> and I'm really enjoying it. So I mean, I'm quite competitive, so already I'm trying to figure you? out the way to, to win the yeah, game. Yeah, you're competitive. Um... I suppose I just like, um, I, I like to know what the rules are, so mm-hmm. I know what kind of game we're playing. Okay, so... so if it's a team sport, mm. if it's individual, okay. <laughs> my friends will be listening to this laugh and like Claire Monley would be like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so competitive. Really? <laughs> yeah. Claire definitely, I, I Claire, like, we, Claire's episode is brilliant, but yeah. she definitely did shit the game. Like, well, yeah, she, she was got, not happy. Yeah, she, she, did, she definitely happy. didn't get the numbers. Yeah. But again, we, 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 had, the, we had the chat, yeah. so it was all good. Yeah, we'll um, see. All right, let's give it a spin. Okay. Okay, first one out the gate. We have number 53. Do you have it? Uh, I don't, know. No worries. No. Number 53. The question is, oh, this is always such a tough one, but okay. it's a good one. What is the greatest piece of art you've ever witnessed? Oh, my God. Like, there could be so many, I suppose. I suppose I'll go with theatre because that's the, ma- the main thing we do. I'm a really great friend of Michael Murphy's and... I just cannot underestimate, like I can't over explain how amazing he is. I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen his work, like, you know, he is just outstanding. And he does two, uh, you know, one man shows, Man in the Woman's Shoes and um, Hear Me and Rejoice. And I saw Man in the Woman's Shoes and it broke my heart. And just, I mean, I knew how amazing he was. Anyway, I'd worked with him as a director. Um, but this is how I got to know Michael, really. Uh, he directed me twice in a show. And um, 
And then I opt for him one time and it was the first time I saw the second play, which is uh, Hear Me and Rejoice, which is like the follow up to A Man in the Woman's Shoes. And he was going down. I don't even know where we were. Uh, usually his wife, Ethna, opts for him when they tour around and she couldn't. She had broken her leg. So um, we uh, we went down and it was the first time I'd seen it. So I was kind of like only have to press two buttons. I never opt a show before. Um, so it wasn't hard or anything, but it was the first time I saw the show and it's the follow up. So I won't give anything away but it's a follow-up to the first play and within the first second I was crying and I think I cried for the whole show and I was so concerned I was so concerned that I was crying so much that I wasn't going to press the button at the right time for like the lights to come down and stuff so I think I think I'll say that I mean they're you know art is so wide and varied and you could pick anything I suppose but I think seeing someone like Michael perform um He's such a generous spirit uh, on stage and his light from within shines. And I know that sounds, you know, whatever, but um, it's true. And he's not only incredibly talented in his like physicality and his comedy, but the, the, the story he wrote was so simple and beautiful. And the heart of it, which is, I suppose, what all art is, isn't it? It's like, what is the heart of something? Because that's what we connect to. Because, I mean, that's what makes you know art be as like abstract or as literal as you need it to be or want it to be but the 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 root of it has to connect on some human level I think that's what art is and so the way he connected his heart his root of the story was so beautiful in its essence but it was so simple um I mean I think it was about love you know about love really and um the way he described it and the way he, he brought it to life was just it just really hit with, I think, everyone in the audience. You know, the first second of that play, all the people in the audience had obviously seen the first play and it's a follow-up and he comes out with a line and I gasps, like people were asp- gasping, like they couldn't, they were so invested in the story he told and it's just lovely to see. Um, and we were in a rural place and, and, and people had really come out to follow Michael's story. Like, so I think, I think... That's just the first thing that springs to mind. But like something like that work, I think, is the greatest thing I've seen because um, I think it's about the truth of it and the heart of it and the connection. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I, and I, I don't know because I'm not as familiar with Michael's work like yeah. to my shame. But I, I mean, someone when you speak about him, it reminds me of some of my experience in Pat Kinavan's plays. Absolutely. Exactly. It, the same. It, they feel like comparable 100%, artists, don't they? 100 percent. Yeah. Like because yeah. I've seen Michael in other people's stuff. But for whatever reason, I've never managed to see either of his shows. And I mean, I, I need to remedy that because yeah. I just hear these stories all the time. Yeah. But um, and, and you it, will because I think they they tour and he like there doesn't seem to be any, uh, any um drying up of the audience like the people still want to come see them so you'll get to see them I'm sure. And you know what's so amazing about those two men and I mean, you can actually just extend this out to like incredible artists like them and it's one of the things um it's funny they've launched like a new podcast section of the head stuff mm. website that people should go check out but they're encouraging podcasters and people just in general um to write articles about podcasts and one of the things i was thinking of doing is like you know without being an arsehole about it but like mm. kind of a, a, like a 10 things i've learned from doing podcasts yeah, yeah. thing because like this podcast it, we were chatting about a little bit off mic but it is really good at you you do learn 
stuff about people so much yeah um, you get to know their personality and you lovely. really do uh, and and so but one of the things like I've been lucky enough to chat to like some of like my heroes and people whose work I really admire no more than yourself do you know what I mean yeah. and it, it is amazing because you really do see that like people at the top of their game and that's what made me think of Michael uh, and Pat like who I'd know a little bit I don't know Michael mm-hmm. but anyone I, who I've heard speak about I'm like they're the kindest souls yes, like yeah. it just radiates from them like uh, one time I was at a, a post show Q&A of Pat's and, uh, and I'd been talking to him before the, the thing so you, you, you connect with him on that personal and then you see how he related to other people and like without uh, like I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this but it was you know a woman had come to see Silent and or, or was it um, actually, I can't remember which one it was yeah. but whatever one it was she related it back to someone who'd she'd lost recently who'd passed away and like you know and and she said this lovely piece and just about how much it meant to her and then you know Pat in in the way only he can stops her and he's like well thanks so much for saying that and he he gets her name and then he refers to her by the name then he asks the name of the person that that passed away and then he spoke up into the sky to that person and he said like that's the way we keep people alive and like you were just moved by like his kindness, like his... Generosity of spirit, oh, almost. It's, it's like just phenomenal. It is, and that's what radiates. And I mean, I think that's what, you know, you all... What, what I always enjoy watching people on the stage, because it's not just about the characters and how people bring them to life. You're watching a bit of you up there, you know, and it's it's your radiation that I, I'm glued to on stage, you know. It's, it's what you're bringing to it. So that's... Yeah, it's just to be able to create something that touches people on that level. Like that, there's no, there, that's it. Like that's all we can hope for, <laughs> you know, because that's what we do. That's what we constantly try to do. And that's why we're in this, I think. It, it's all about connection. And I mean, to, af- to affect people on that level, that's the best compliment in the world, isn't it? Love it. It's a great answer. <laughs> it's a great answer to a shit question. It's such a hard I question. I know, it's good. Uh, all right, here we go. Number 42, do you have it? 42, no, no, almost there, but it's not quite. No worries. Number 42, the question is, if there was one thing you could change about Ireland, what would it be? Oh, well, look, let's let's be honest here now. The housing, <laughs> is that is a, yeah. is it too topical? No, it's not. It's, it's the truth. I mean, it's just very, like, there's so much of this country that I love. I mean, I love all of it pretty much um it's it's the best place in my eyes like I want to go away and live away and, and I, I'm going to do that and I've done it before but when I think of like where I'd love to raise a family or you know where I'd like to spend you know m- the the rest of my kind of adult life or you know anything to do with family and the most important things in life really I think of Ireland like I I love it here. I think it's a great place to to raise kids and the crack is great. And, you know, we we do have a really good sense of community and and banter and and, and I love all that. Um, But it's just so hard when you feel like, am I ever going to be able to live here? And it's, I mean, what's happening? Just, I mean, like, I, I always feel like I'm not, I mean, I'm definitely not the worst off in this. Do you know what I mean? Like there are families that are sleeping rough and there are really dire situations happening. Um, And then there's, you know, the the people who have been long term homeless as well. I mean, that that I mean, like on top of the homeless situation, there's a whole new level of people who who have become homeless on top of that. So 
it's just a really bad situation. And I suppose I, I speak I speak about that. I think that's a horrific situation that we, we that needs to be fixed. But then I think of like in a in a not as bad level, you know, people that are maybe like us that work in the arts community, um, that the the prospect of, of of owning a house or even being able to rent long term in a kind of viable <laughs> situation is is so out of reach and that's really hard to deal with because you kind of go well if I have a future when I have children or someone who needs to depend on me how on earth am I going to know where I'm going to live or pay my rent because rent could go up or someone might decide I mean I wouldn't even mind the not being able to get a mortgage if we lived in a country like somewhere some of the European countries where by long term leasing like as in leasing for life like having an apartment with a 20 year lease that you know your rent is going to be X for for those 20 years and, and, and the landlord can't just get rid of you I wouldn't even that would be that would be brilliant you know what I mean I that would be at least well I wouldn't be owning my own home but at least I would be able to have a family in a home that I know is not going anywhere in the next 10 to 20 years but you don't have that here and and then anyone I mean like I was talking to a few a few of our friends you know in the acting community and you kind of just go the only way I can afford to buy a house is if I land a big gig once that pays me you know what I mean like 20 30 grand and I I get that chunk of change and even at that it's like am I going to get a mortgage you know it's just it's just hard and I think as you get older and or maybe it's just because it's so you know in the in the in the spotlight at the moment I think people are thinking about that and it is a scary thought it's like where where am I going to live and what happens if I get sick and you know there's all those things to think about so I think that's the one thing that was the question right what what would I change about Ireland like it, to just have a better system whereby we can house <laughs> our our citizens and how we can help people who are in the most vulnerable situations because like housing is uh, a, a, a right for every person to have and it's pretty pretty bad at the moment I think I'm gonna that I because I mean it, that's such a like as you said earlier, like it it's so relevant right now. It mm-hmm. nearly feels silly to talk about it because of how, yeah. like, yeah. And it's so funny because even the other day I was walking through town and I was just thinking about you know I I I crossed one of the bridges and you know there was obviously a homeless man on unfortunately because there seems to be yeah. two or three people within and you're it's just and it's I think it's because it's coming into that time of year as well and yeah. obviously it's horrific oh, and yeah. but like right now and I was you know and then I was kind of walking out in in the like in. The suburbs recently, and then I seen like tents, you know, in know. In, in a clump of trees, and you're yeah. like, this is crazy. I met I met a person recently who who has gotten a uh, mobile home and put it out the back of of her father's house, and they're they've done up the mobile home and they've insulated it and 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 it's beautiful. It's like a flat, but like that's happening, and I was like that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> it's like, I wonder, could I do that? Because that's how bad it's getting. It's getting to a point where people have to just like try and, and, and live out in the garden of their parents' houses. Because 
there's what can you do you know and I actually was talking to Anya and I think Cara and a few of the, a few of the girls um, at, at Tiernan, my friend Tiernan's birthday and um, oh somebody, I can't even remember who, but somebody had to move out of the house and, and, and I, I, I felt so bad because, I see I'm from Dublin and I have my family home in Dublin so whenever I'm not in Dublin or doing a job, I, I can go back to my family home and I have that luxury but people who aren't from Dublin who need to work in Dublin, like that's, that's huge pressure and stress and just trying to find somewhere is really tough and like I remember living in Fibsborough and Stonybatter only a couple of years ago and it just being like really affordable and normal and now you couldn't get a place in in Stonybatter if you tried I don't even know what the rent is there and it's so now this kind of housing crisis has become not just about people who are living rough on the streets which is when you talked about homelessness 10 years ago that's kind of what you would think about in your head and now it's like this other level so I can't even imagine how the people who are sleeping rough are being affected by this because it's it's I'm sure it's a trickle-down system you know what I mean it's like demands are more demands are being put on services because um it's it's just families who can't afford rent or or landlords who are kicking people out or so it's 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 a bubble that's just it's a cauldron of like pressure that's building and and everyone keeps talking about it and I don't really know what the plans are for it I know that they're building more social housing and stuff but I think that the trouble is that we need to sort out the rent I just if 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 it could be just regulated in some way like where it's affordable for people to live um I remember my my father was talking about when they bought their first home my mum and my dad that you know it was the the houses they would give you a mortgage for two and a half times your your salary and now that would have been my father's salary because my mum would have been at at home and you could buy a really good family house for two and a half times your salary and like now you think of like even what two and a half times our salary would be in in the arts industry I mean you just couldn't you wouldn't go near you wouldn't no you wouldn't get you wouldn't a deposit even, like yeah, do you know like, yeah. do you know, like so it's like that it's it's all I don't know I think that's the, the 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 biggest thing that I would change if I could have a magic wand is to try and sort this out because I, I don't know if it, it is going to get sorted out anytime soon yeah I know I know it's one of them things it's like it feels weird to move on and do anything else after that because it, 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 it is just it's yeah. just it feels grim but yeah fuck it look let's okay. truck on <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Number 29. Do you have it? Um, I don't know. No worries. Number <coughs> 29. The question is, when you think about your childhood, what's your most clear memory? <laughs> um, I'm not sure if this is a clear memory, but it's a memory that has stayed with me for life. I'm really, really scared of butterflies. Oh, like very scared of butterflies it's the one thing that I'm I mean I kind of don't like spiders and stuff but butterflies is not a, a good thing and I just remember being in a lane in Clare which is where we used to go down to holidays and there being like bushes on either side and butterflies all over them and then I do have a memory of like a butterfly down in like cotton like a curtain so I have a lot of butterfly memories and I'm not quite sure if I've just like embellished them as I've gone on because I just, you know, the butterfly thing. But yeah, that that phobia has stayed with me. I don't know why. I don't know what it was about butterflies when I was younger that I didn't like. But I just, to this day, butterflies are no. 
They are very inappropriately <laughs> named animal. Like I don't know why they're called the butterfly. Like because yeah. they, they are like I'm I am absolutely not afraid of butterflies. But having said that, like if there's a what about moths? Oh, like they're gross. And I'm so sorry, but everybody thinks butterflies are so beautiful. And I get it, kind of. But 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 like you, it's an insect, and that is the only. Is it an insect? It is an insect. Yeah. And that's the only insect. That people are like, oh, isn't it beautiful? Let it land on me. And they go to butterfly sanctuaries to be surrounded by them. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense because take those wings off and it's just a little sluggy thingy. It's just but gross. Yeah, yeah they are so weird. Like, they, they, they're, they're so weird. Like, what, I wonder what their purpose is. They definitely must have, a, like, an environmental purpose, right? I think they only have a really short lifespan as well. Don't they only live for... Do they live for a few days? I'm and not you just you just hate them like with a lot of Well it's venom. the wings thing. The wings. It's the fluttering wings mm. coming at you very quickly and they seem to just come directly at you. They don't want to fly around you. Well for me anyway, maybe they just sense my fear. Well maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like it and it, it it's the weird thing then like with with moths, like they're problematic because, you know, especially now like it's so bad, but you know, if you like wake up in the middle of the night uh, or something, you flick on your phone yeah, and then it comes it's at you. straight in your face. <laughs> And like people hate moths and they love butterflies and I'm like it's the exact same thing it's just different colours it's just different colours So here's a question for <laughs> yes. you You said you're from Dublin Yeah And you know the way like calling women moths is like oh, a yeah, Dublinism Yeah, yeah. Where, where did that come from? Um. Oh, So I talked about this re- like because I actually really like that phrase me ma Yeah um, I suppose it, it could be could maybe seen as derogatory, but I don't find like if someone's like, "Oh, me ma," I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's cute." Like they're like, "Oh, me butterfly." I think it's bec- <laughs> yeah. I think it's not. I'd rather moth actually. Yeah. I think it's because the guy is meant to be the flame, and moths come to the flame. Oh. I think that's what it is. Okay. But I could be completely wrong. Someone might be like, "No, that's definitely yeah. not where it's from." But I think that's the idea. It's like I'm the flame, you're me ma. Okay. Right, jeez, there must be something wrong with my flame. Oh no, <laughs> no you're not getting any moths. No, yeah, exactly. I don't know. We need to need to ramp up the brightness in the iPhone. Oh uh, no, uh, <laughs> it's just not moth season right now. Well, Tom. But that must be it. Queen, but yeah, <laughs> it's all. Hibernating. Yeah, I mean they they must have all died in their like three day lifespan. That's all right. All right, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel better. Uh, number ten, do you have it? I don't. Nope. No worries. Number ten. Do you have a favorite quote? Ah. Mm. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure I get this right. Um, yeah, everything will turn out fine in the end. No, that's wrong. I've said it wrong. Everything will be right in the end. If it isn't right, then it's not the end. I probably haven't gotten that exactly correct. Well, I mean, it kind of applied to your quote because you had to stop in the middle and you're like, well, it's clearly not the end because I didn't get it right. Exactly. Right. So, exactly. I mean, you kind of just proved the point beautifully. Yes, it, it indeed. So uh, that is a quote from a Michael Murphy play. And it's uh, from I Hear You and Rejoice, I think. I, I think. and Or maybe it's from A Man and Woman's Shoes. But I just thought it was lovely. It's, you know, everything will be fine in the end. And if it isn't fine, then it is in the end. Mm. And I say it to a lot of people and um, I suppose it's just that idea that, um, you know, you're nearing the height of, 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 of maybe a bad turn or, or something. And it's just hard when you're in that moment and, you know, you just kind of have to reassure people that, you know, it will, it will be fine. It will. This just isn't the end of it right now, but the end will come and it will be fine. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because like even right now in in 
in in like my life just personally like it doesn't it does I it is weird like because I've had great last while and yeah. at the moment it's just been a, a, a tough few yeah. weeks or yeah. a month maybe or something yeah. and and it's just one of them times where like it's loads of different stuff it's yeah. not like one thing you know the way sometimes you might be down about like you're just like gosh there's no work on the horizon yeah. and I love working and yeah. then yeah. or like it could be like a, like a relationship thing yeah. or a friendship thing whatever it is and it's just like a confluence of things now but it's so funny like just. I don't know for whatever reason, like, because even my mom just one of the days, and I'm not living at home at the moment or nothing. But she could, she would just be chatting on the phone. She, you just sound so flat, and I was like, I know. Yeah, do you know what I am? I, but yeah. I, you just, it, it's so funny because sometimes you know you'd have a, ten, I would have a tendency to like, you know, I don't know, what am I trying to say? It just all feels very temporary right now. It, it's nice. I don't know. That's there's just been good. a healthy, yeah. like, um, a healthy perspective on it that's like Good. this yeah. is just a thing and totally. it will pass totally which totally. is just I don't know it's just nice and refreshing because you know the way if you're in the middle of that sometimes like it just feels terrible oh yeah but but yeah. it's kind of it's kind of fun as well to just be like gosh doesn't this feel terrible and be like but it's, it's gonna pass it like, will and when you get that uh, like a look uh, you know there are very degree various degrees of, of, of it all but like you know you're going through something really bad it's so hard to pull yourself out and go it's gonna pass but yeah like it is nice to to keep that in mind um that you know yeah that even if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed that that it might only be for an hour and it's not for the day you know but I think when really bad things are going on for people like if you're helping friends or whatever I find that and I've, I've known this myself when, whenever I've gone through bad bad spells you really need somebody outside of yourself to go listen I know you can't I know you can't see this right now, but you know me and you trust me. So just please trust me and just I'm letting you know this is going to be grand. Mm. You're going to be grand because sometimes you just need someone to go. OK, you, you like you, you need someone to go. You're going to be fine. And they, they, like you can't see it right now, but I can see it and I've seen it before. And like my mom has always been the, the gr- a great person in my life that does that because she's so m- many years of experience. And she always says that she's like, I've seen a lot of life. I'm telling you now. This is not as bad as you think it is. You're going to laugh at this, you know, or, or you're going to go, this is silly or whatever. So I think it's it's just good to lean on that outside thing, you know, and to just to, to like ask someone, be like, it's going to be fine, isn't it? I'm going to be OK. I'm going to die. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, you absolutely will be. Because when you're in the thick of something, you can't see the wood from the trees. But when you're out of it, you can go, I can see you getting better already. I can see it. Right, you it, know, it's so funny you say that because I actually I had no intention of talking about this today, but you just Please said do. you've said too many things that like make it sense to talk about it yeah. to to not. So I was like, I, I, I in connection with that rough few weeks, right? Yeah. Um, and I it's funny because I have a wonderful therapist who I would check in and out yeah, with like yeah, during yeah. the year, and we don't check in that much, but for whatever reason, I had something in like the book. Like in the in my diary that yeah. so we and like there was like three like t- twice within a month which would be quite rare, and um and it just timed out perfectly because it was like a couple of days after this thing happened, mm. and I was feeling really rough about it and I, I I wrote stuff down going in which is really rare but I was like I need to say all of these things because they're really like I just have to remember them yeah I, I really did um and, and I was like I need to remember all of them so I did I came in and I said it all and she listened and because I totally agree with you it's so important sometimes to have someone to be like you know this is going to be fine and mm-hmm. you're going to be f- and by the same token she just did this wonderful job of being like oh my god that's terrible like and she's yeah. like and and it was so funny i don't know uh, this isn't like a trick question do, do you know what the definition of a trauma is cuz she asked me that no. 
and I didn't and I, I think we're probably both aware like what trauma means like loosely and she was yeah. like right my definition of a trauma I don't know is this dictionary definition yeah. but her definition of a trauma as a therapist was something that happens to you or a relationship mm. that means that you or the relationship can never be the same oh that's what it means okay and yeah that, that was her definition oh. of it and she was like I think you just like this just she's like yeah. don't take this like dramatically or anything but like that just is a trauma you've just gone through yeah. a trauma and I was like and that just helped so much because yeah. so much of like therapy and stuff for me is literally just having someone to tell you kind of your feelings are valid because mm. I think sometimes you know and I'd be quite a upbeat positive person so if, like I am feeling down a lot of the time I kind of like will question be like cop on like why, 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 yeah. why are you like that you're fine and it was just someone to be like no like that's totally fine like this is horrific and it's so fine like to be going through a horrific time for a little while yeah something like that can be just it was it was I don't know it just made you like in a time because I think anything like that like whatever it is because I know I'm being vague about what it is and that's on purpose mm-hmm. but like it's like you can feel just very lonely in them moments because cause when something bad happens, it feels very individual and you kind of feel like no one understands, even though, of course, everyone does. But yeah. So just to feel seen in those moments and someone to be like, no, that was like rough and like you probably won't ever be the same or that thing won't ever be the yeah. same. But like, that's totally fine. You'll move past it and you'll grow past it. And yeah. And, and like, it's so funny because... That, yeah like that trauma thing like you know never yeah like I, I totally I totally understand what, what she means by that it's it is really difficult because people deal with things so differently like I'd be the type of person that I wouldn't get any comfort from that because I don't like people telling me that that something bad happened like I'm like everything's fine right everything's good now I, I kind of do that until such a point where I can deal with it myself maybe in retrospect or whatever but um yeah like uh, having bad things happen to you or 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 going through bad things it it, it is funny it like uh, like I remember my mom saying something to me again bringing my mom up because she's gone my therapist as well (laughs) and you know I said like I can't believe this happened to me I can't believe this blah 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 and she said the best quote which was um do you think you're immune to life and I just thought it was such a good one you know that's so good and I was like, what? And she kind of pulled me up and she, and it was like, do you think life is something that happens to everyone else, but it doesn't happen to you? And it just made me go, wow, like, yeah. And and then I did I did a lot of reading and stuff. And, and, and you talk about, you know, when we think, you know, the Buddhists talk about suffering and what suffering is and how accepting that suffering is, is a part of life and how that, that can help, you know, you with dealing with it now I, I know that's you know easier said than done totally. I mean I haven't had major suffering in my life sure. I haven't had huge 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 grief or loss and, and I can't even imagine what that's like but I suppose um for the smaller things it helped me in the sense of feeling like you know shit's gonna happen like to quote father is it uh, father Ted shit happens you know that's is the that right? yeah. sticker that happens yeah and, yeah and it does shit happens you know and that's grand that's okay so it's just to know that everybody goes through that shit nobody is immune to life and you might because because I think that's what happens as well to me is that like if I ever had a bad turn or wasn't feeling good or whatever it's so easy to look at somebody else and go but but they're there they have this they have this they have this they're so lucky and they you know they're they they look fine and happy and it's like no like everybody goes through spells no matter what even if you lived in a cabin on your own in the middle of nowhere you would have difficult times like you can't avoid that that happens and it might not happen to everybody in the exact same way you know I mean different things are going to trip you up but to know that everyone will go through things so 
I think that's what I found hard. It's like, I'm the only one going through a hard time. And it's like, no, you're not. And when you realize that, it's not that it gives you comfort that other people are suffering too. But it's almost just like to know that it's a reality of life. Yeah, it's so it's so funny when you're talking about the, the Buddhist thing, because like that's so true. And, and sometimes like we were talking about podcasts at the start of this mm. and, and we didn't properly get into it. But like w- there's this podcast that I love and I've, I, I'm sure I've mentioned on this before, but it's called You Made It Weird. And um, I mean, the premise of it, it, like they've really gone away from this, but like the premise of originally was they talk about it's hosted by comedians and actors. So okay. They were kind of talking about like their their art, then God and sex. That was like the three things. But it ended up being like spirituality and love rather than God and sex. If you get me. But anyway, <laughs> it was this it was this great thing. But like some I always, like and the host of it evolved throughout the podcast. It's been going on for like five or six years, and he kind of went through a Buddhist phase and everything. So I felt like I was getting like basic bitch Buddhism pumped into my earbuds but like it was this amazing thing that he said and maybe that's where where, like I was talking about that perspective of being like it's gonna be fine he was like thinking about your life like it's you know a movie and like or a TV series whatever it is but like the worst days like you're like wow that was a great episode yeah you know what I mean with that bit of perspective you're like like when you're going through like this is gonna make a great episode of my life and it tough like it makes you it makes you you yeah. You know, and especially what we do, you know, all of the stuff, life. I remember an acting teacher saying to me when I was really young, going, the best actors are are, are, are the ones who have lived the most. Because if you really throw yourself into life and experience stuff, you have so much more to draw on, you know. I mean, I have so much more to draw on now than I did five, ten years ago. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just life and and so it's yeah if you can try and look at it like a good thing I suppose which is easier said than done like when you're going through bad times you don't think it's a good thing yeah yeah but uh, the book of joy um, which is the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu if you want a a book on like the the loveliest book in the world then read that one yeah 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 yeah. sweet alright let's give it a spin alright here we go number where is the number? Number four, do you have it? I don't, know. No worries. <clears throat> number four, the question is, do you consider yourself a jealous person? No. Uh, no, I wouldn't be jealous, really. Um, I think it's normal. And, I mean, look, I think in this industry, I think getting the pangs of envy would be normal enough. Yeah. Um, stuff that you have to kind of constantly just check because but but don't beat yourself up about because it's normal yeah. and I think that no matter how much you have <clears throat> you will like you know if you're working constantly someone comes in and goes I got a voiceover you'll be like really? <laughs> like it's just so hard not to Um, I, I think it's a thirst that will never fully be quenched but it's that's fine but just to kind of um to just mark it uh, but jealousy is different I mean jealousy would be what would you define as jealousy yeah well no it's interesting that because I mean because my brain <coughs> would do the exact same thing as what I think your brain did as like you know there's the like there's the, that awareness of like your peers in, in work stuff and you're like yes. and it's not even a lot of the time it's because I totally mean like it's it's the pangs of envy it was a lovely way of putting it but it, it's just it, it's only acknowledging that like you think that what they're doing is great and, and you'd love a go with something comparable. Like, that, that's all it is. I want all of the jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, like most yeah. of us who do what we do, we love it. You know? And it's not that you can't in 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 total, uh, like side by side, uh, have an ab- absolute joy reaction to any of like of the stuff that other people are doing because it is absolutely brilliant. But um, yeah, I, I would I would view that as envy. 
jealousy is jealousy like I don't really know what the definition of the difference between the two of them are I, I yeah I, I there's a what I mean is jealousy more like if you're with some in a relationship with someone and then a girl comes over to your boyfriend and you get jealous is that I think that's where my brain goes with <laughs> okay it, yeah. yeah yeah no I wouldn't I wouldn't be like that no yeah. no 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 no. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, I don't think. I don't think I am. No. 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 I wouldn't. Do you ever get? Do you ever get jealous of the lives of people who don't work in this industry? Like, oh I, my god, all the time. Yeah. That was actually so funny. I was just thinking about that the other day because there are times when this is a hard job, and usually the hardness comes from the not doing it or not earning enough money. Um. And yeah, and sometimes I do, yeah, I suppose, I suppose you're right, actually, jealousy, I would, I would start to get jealous a little bit of like, when you see your friends progress in the natural way that happens in, you know, if they're in corporate jobs, or if they're just in standard, any kind of a job, um, you know, they start to earn more money, and they start to get more perks, and they're able to save for a house. And, you know, you see people doing the normal things and it's not that we can't do that you can of course I think if you put your mind to it you can kind of save for whatever it is you want to do but I suppose I would be jealous a little bit sometimes I sometimes I do wish I didn't want to do this job I, I completely understand yeah and I feel like actually really bad for even saying that like I feel like I've just betrayed my art or something but I suppose like, I want to do this and I love doing it and I'd never do anything else but a part of me is like, I know I would have been good at a lot of other jobs if I didn't want to do this job. I could have done a lot of other jobs and I know I would have been probably quite good at them. Yeah. And I I do wonder, uh, yeah, like it would have it would have probably been an easier life. Definitely. I think like sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, this has been like a thing I've been really coming to terms with about so many aspects of my life at the <laughs> moment. But it's like, I don't really live between 20% and 80%, I kind of only live, but sometimes it feels like between 0% okay, and 20% yeah, yeah, and yeah. 80% and 100%. Yeah. Now that's like, I'm exaggerating a little bit, <clears throat> but like, I think, um, you know, the ceilings, if you don't work in this, are probably like, they're, they're just a little bit more closed. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the highs probably won't be as high as like that feeling when you get your dream job, like an uh, acting job, you know what I mean? Yes, Bec oh absolutely. And yeah. then, uh, and, and the reason I say that is because then you're going to lose that job in three months, six months and you know, you know, you're going to go for it again. Totally. Most people, like you say, live in the middle ground of, of just, uh, of normality, which is go to work every day and, and know that they're getting a wage and, and meeting their friends for brunch at the weekend and that's, the normal and then there might be the highs when something really good happens like getting engaged and the lows if something bad happens whereas you're so right we do kind of a lot of the time live in this performance which is very high or sometimes you know being very depressed by what we aren't able to do enough which is low and a lot of the time the middle ground is lost like you said because when you're so passionate about something you like I don't walk into rehearsals and go yeah this is grand I'm usually going into rehearsals going hey you know um, so it's I suppose f maybe the challenge for us is to try and make the time off the middle ground as best you can and and I did I remember doing a show you know when I maybe first graduated and 
I was very high and then afterwards a huge sweeping lows because I just didn't know what was going on and I remember thinking I need to work on making sure that the highs aren't as high and the lows aren't as low because I can't keep doing this you know so that's a challenge but I think as you go along kind of does get more you know more practice is that you know you can still be in a show that you absolutely love and it could be your dream role but to know that it's still work and to bring it down and then when the lows happen to bring them up a bit uh, what did what was the question? I don't know. <laughs> Jealous person. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I suppose. Look, you know, it, it, it's normal enough to be envious of people who have stability because even though I think if you said to me and you, well, you know what job you're going to be doing for the next two years, we'd hate it. But there is something inherent in humans, I think, that want stability and routine as well. Totally. So I think we're 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 virgin on the edge of those yeah. two things. Yeah, no, that that like it was one it was one it was an amazing thing and I can't remember where I heard it, but you know, one of them moments like where you just hear something and it resonates with you and, and it was someone talking about, you know, being in a creative industry or whatever and they were they were saying, Well, no one has a gun to my head. Like the minute you wanna get out yeah. just go yeah. like it, and it's so fine but like I totally empathise with that feeling of like guilt if I ever say anything like that then straight away you're like but but really all, all that's acknowledging is like the reality of the situation which is like I adore what I do and I'm willing to suffer through like not having a, a life that will look like my friends like for mm. the first time now like in it because you know I, like that you know the last while has been good so like there has been like that kind of like discretionary cash to go on like a holiday or go yeah. with mates but like my mates are going away on just a weekend just to the UK um, one of our friends like plays you know professional football or, over in, okay, in the UK cool. and we've always said we, we need to go over and see him and we finally picked a weekend and I'm just like gosh things are a, a little bit tight now for I the know. first time in a while yeah. and I think I might just have to let them go and I know they won't really understand they'll be like what, what? like you know yeah. it's, it's, and it's only going to be a few hundred quid that, that's all it will be I but know. I'm like that that that's my next month's rent, and I don't think I can justify that. I and I I'd love to, but like so it's things like that. But being like, yeah, but I still love it more than enough to. Yeah, it's like the be best job in the world. It's the problem. The problem always is that we we don't get to do it all the time. Yeah, you know, and and earn a living wage from it most of the time. Yeah, you know, so you know, it's it's not that it's not that I envy doing another job. It's it's envying the kind of the lifestyle that we need but but you know unf- not unfortunately look there's amazing things about this country and we have we have good social welfare but you know when you look at something like France or countries like that that are they have kind of like living wages for artists and stuff like that so it's it's, it's totally dependent on can you make a life for yourself do you know what I mean that's yeah. the only drawback is usually like just being broke and unemployed <laughs> yeah yeah no completely like, do you know what's one of the really interesting things um about what Blind Boy I think is oh, I love him right yeah and I, I like and I really like his stuff and I, I I dip in and out of it a little bit more than I should I should really just commit to being a, a, yeah. a weekly listener but like I really like him but one of the things I think is so interesting about what he's doing right now mm. is I think he accesses a, a, a crowd that like wouldn't necessarily <laughs> this is a weird thing to say how do I say this properly you know the way like I'm the only actor in my friend group. Yes, right. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Home so, friend group. Yeah. 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 Yes. So like my my friends from home don't know a- any actors. I feel like Blind Boy has kind of nearly feels like the artist for like a lot of like like Muggles. Ireland. Yeah. Do, do you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? So like, and yeah. just like that thing of the way he talks about how he couldn't afford, he can't afford to live in Dublin. That's it. I think and that's that a people, really useful thing for people to know. And people don't 
get it. They don't understand it. And and that's totally understandable that they yeah. don't get it. Um, but I think that if people saw most of our tax returns or, or whatever at the end of the year, they would be shocked because we make do with earning less, a lot less. And, and some years are better than others and that's fine. But I mean, I'll sometimes say to my friends, I'm getting, you know, they're like, how much are you getting paid? And I'll say this and they'll be like, what? And I'm like, yeah, but divide that by 12 because I might not work for the rest of the year. Right. And that's not a lot of money. Yeah. And so it's, it's that element. But I mean, anyone who's freelance, I suppose, deals with that. We're not the only people who deal with stuff like that. But uh, yeah, like I think, I think, I think what Blind Boy is doing is making it, yeah, more, more, more understandable to what what it, what artists do and how they want to create work. Um, I mean, like I was just thinking in my head there, like if 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 the government gave all artists who qualified like a living wage, they gave you like even a twenty five grand a year. Like, but you had to turn up and make more. Like, how much art would be made? It would be so much would be made. Unbelievable. Like, we'd all be going to some random place, going, "We have to make you know something now because we've been paid." Like, so much would be happening. Yeah, and I'm not saying like, look, there is a lot of other stuff that has to happen in this in this country, and I understand that money can't just be plucked from nowhere. But uh, yeah, yeah, like artists, I think, I think. Govern- governments, I think countries and cultures rely on artists wanting, needing to create art because it's our need to create it that l- lets us put up with the fact that we don't really have the same style of life, quality of like of life that that other people have. Yeah, yeah, like that is one thing that like sometimes like I don't really struggle too much with like a bitterness about it but like mm. it's the one time I find myself getting a little bit bitter is when like when you know we're known as a nation who like loves our artists and who's so proud of mm. but like it's like yeah we are kind of like we are we are when they're when they're at the top like we're we're proud of like you know Hosier or, or Sir Sharon yes, or I was, well, I was gonna say you too but I mean like yeah. people are a bit sketchy about that as well. but you know what I mean yeah. like but it's like yeah and that's amazing and and like and, and people like Barry Keoghan who are all phenomenal mm. but it's like there's a like there's a lot of artists and yeah. and like not everyone like a lot of people then are gonna work up and become them people some people won't there's a yeah. ceiling in what some people will do but it's like I, I just feel like you don't get to pick and choose that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, uh, like, in their essence, like, the, the the difference between, like, me and Sir Sharon and well, there's, like, loads of them, but at, <laughs> at, our, at our heart, it's like that, you know, it's like we, we both want to make good work, I yeah. imagine. That's yeah. probably something that's really fundamental to a lot of artists. And it's like, well, if you if you want to, you know, put, put those people up on a pedestal, which is so important, I just feel like, you know, y- you've got to facilitate where they've come from which totally. is you know that is the thing really isn't it um yeah and i mean we've just such a great like history and 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 we just produce amazing artists for such a small country like yeah. you know with music as well like and and all forms so um and it's that thing like that's so true because you know i, I sometimes think we we, uh, we we like find a comfort in this thing of being like we're such a small country and we do so much and we do but imagine if we like supported it properly yeah like imagine if the arts council wasn't so unbelievably underfunded and like imagine mm-hmm. if there were like structures in place where people could do just be let do what they're on the planet to do like mm-hmm. not to be dramatic about it but like most of the people we know like they're doing like you know when you see someone and you're like that is absolutely what you are on this earth to do is yeah. you were put here to make work to 
perform these characters to write these plays whatever it yeah. is that's what you're here to do and like if it's like if this country didn't sometimes make it so hard for people to do that like oh my god know, like if we didn't I put know. a ceiling on ourselves yeah I know and and we are always the ones to get you know paid last and we're always the ones to you know it's 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 it is I think it does rely a lot on people's need and want to to create yeah, which is unfortunate because we'll always want to do it so we'll do it sometimes under totally, the, yeah. the most dire of circumstances but like yeah people don't go oh I'm going to be an actor because it's a great pension scheme you know yeah. we don't get into it for the perks we get into it because we need to do it and it, and it is so funny like even because I know you went through the drama school thing as well yeah. like it is so funny and I really I never really had that judgement for friends because you know there were some people in drama school and you're like you should probably be in Big Brother not drama school and I don't really say that with any judgement because yeah. I just wanted to be famous yes, and like totally. that's totally valid like being famous might be great crack who no knows no problem with that Yeah, no, no problem with it but <laughs> but it was just like you're barking up the wrong tree I think 100% and it's just uh, yeah it's lovely to see where where all the different strands go it you is, know because really cool. you do see very clearly like with the, the people who want to do it for the love of, of, of it as a whole and because like no one would stay in this if they didn't have that in them so at least you know if you're buzzing around with people you know most people really want to love it and be yeah, in it because that's right. if you didn't why don't you just get a job you know on the just doing anything totally go yeah. to big brother you know what yeah, i mean yeah yeah no big time <laughs> right let's give it a spin okay all right here we go number 52 do you have it i don't 55 no worries number 52 the question is where are we oh yeah if you could give your 12 year old self some advice what would it be? Oh God, my poor twelve-year-old self. Um. Ah, uh, look, I don't know if I'd give her any advice. Yeah. Because what's the point? You sure. know, you kind of have to go through it all, don't you? What were you like when you were twelve? I am still quite bad, but at twelve, I would have been an incredibly bad worrier, like really bad, really bad, like uh, borderline OCD kind of absolute I think it was probably the hormones but I mean no it's not really it's like I'm I'm naturally that way inclined you know um just worried about irrational irrational things um I was talking to someone the other day I said I don't really like I was in the National History Museum in London <clears throat> and um I was saying I was there with my boyfriend and we were saying uh, there was asteroids you know and uh, I was like, I don't like looking at asteroids. And he was like, why? And I was like, because when I was a teenager around that time, there was all those like Deep Impact and Armageddon and all of those films came out when I was around that age. And I was traumatized. I, th- I used to think we were going to die by a giant comet. I like I literally would wake up in the morning and go, oh, my God, is there one out there? Like, how long do we have? Like, it was terrible. So I I just <laughs> I used to worry about anything and everything. And I used to have little OCD things that I do before I left the house because I think if I didn't do them, then my mum or dad were going to die. Oh, you know yeah. those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but like, the truth be told, like, I'd, like, look, if I could go back and go, don't worry as much, you know, but you can't, you can't. So I wouldn't probably say anything. I wouldn't really probably say anything to any of my age, like past, if that makes sense. Because it's just whoever that person is leads you to whoever you are now. And that's, you know good I suppose um so yeah I don't know if I'd give major advice um no that's great like that that's a great answer yeah that's a great answer yeah it yeah those little things you do as a kid when you look back on it and you're like that is so dark like I I remember like exact like all that stuff I remember like one thing that I always tried to make the last words I said to mom and dad before I went to bed was I love you as a kid because I was so afraid 
that they like no, like either of them wouldn't wake up. It's so weird. I wonder what age that begins because children like like young children have absolutely no thought of danger and fe- you know like they, they when you're very young they have no sense of death or you know that kind of awareness of even danger you have to look out for them and then something must happen with kids and they get to a certain age and then all of a sudden mortality and those things become quite uh, apparent in your head and then it's I don't know it's it's learning to deal with your head which is such a journey as well it's like you know as you get older if you have that kind of a head which I do is like learning how to manage your thoughts which is such a journey you know that's like such a a difficult thing to do but you've got to do it yourself because you're going from being a child where you might run into your mom and tell her all your worries for the day and I used to do that all the time and then you kind of have to get to a point where you're like I'm able to manage this on my own and if irrational thoughts come into my head that I don't have to like tell someone about it because I used to have to be like okay I have this okay I used to sit down with Alyssa like okay this is what I'm thinking and like, like me in fucking therapy <laughs> and my mum would just be like no don't worry about that it's not gonna happen no don't worry it's grand don't worry that's okay and she used to just be like they're crazy thoughts and I was like okay cool and I was happy once I had said them I was like grand I've said them out loud but then you do have to transition into that period where you go okay I'm able to just brush them off myself and that's a hard time I that think. is literally exactly what I was saying to you earlier about therapy that is so funny because you said my mum's like my therapist that is exi- literally like uh, like me as a fucking 25 year old yes. like uh, uh, her like function it's literally that same I literally said I brought a list and then I said them and she was just like oh yeah your feelings aren't crazy it's just funny how like you think you've evolved so much from being from being a kid and like yeah I guess that's the journey of like then therapies you get to a place where like well some people do some people don't where you're like oh I don't need that anymore that is a facility you know yeah it is it is it is a definite like constant checking in with yourself and then I got I kind of got this thought then I was doing do a lot of reading and stuff and and I kind of you know Eckhart Tolle that kind of idea that you're not you're not your thoughts and trying to identify with you know we spend so long identifying with our thoughts that then you become intrinsically linked with them and then it's very hard to break away from them and that idea that I would have grown up going I'm a worrier I'm a worrier I'm a worrier so that becomes a part of your identity but actually that isn't me you know so like my worries aren't quiva even though so that is difficult but that when they come into your head to kind of um be able to go oh that's interesting um but you know write it down in your journal or whatever um all the little coping mechanisms you kind of get but it's so hard when you're that age because you just don't know what's going on and there's hormones and I was like when I was 12 I was going into secondary school and and then I got bullied in first year and you know it's just like you're in the height of it like everything bullied about oh gosh there was just a girl who who did not like me and mm. it was uh, it was just wasn't like physical you know but right. it was like a psychological thing yeah which is pro- like possibly worse yeah and I just hated it I was in a new school so I went to a secondary school and it was an all girl school and I, I just didn't enjoy it and um, a lot of bitchiness you know I found that was just so hard to deal with because I just don't like any of that kind of stuff Um. So, yeah, that was tough, but I actually kind of had to just deal with it myself. I think I just said something one day and it stopped. And and that was good, you know, because you learn, oh, well, I can kind of cope with it. So I suppose it's all just learning experience of like, yeah, look, I dealt with it, you know, so I've dealt with tough stuff. It makes you who you are, I suppose. But uh, look, uh, I mean, I wouldn't pay, if you paid me a million euro to be a teenager again, I wouldn't take it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's no. It's the I, hardest time, isn't it? Uh, yeah, complete. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Like sometimes 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 like you know the way I I was I was living at home for about 6 weeks during the summer and I was just at home a lot more and like you know where's home for you uh, Dunboyne okay. in, in County Meath okay cool and um, I'd be out on a jog or something and I'd be running through places like that I hadn't been in years because they wouldn't be on my like route from like the bus to you know if you're going home to visit you go from the bus to the yeah. to the house and back maybe to the pub to meet yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but that's like, it's a little triangle for me and like so um, so th- this was it was weird and like I, I just was running by my childhood I, and I could like I remembered stuff or I like smelt stuff and I was like some of the feelings came back yeah like and 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 it maybe as well being around like one day i was in the bus and there was a fire drill and i was in the top deck and we were stopped at traffic lights and i was looking down at like about 1200 kids because it's a big school there and i was just like oh my god yeah. you poor things i know i know and now i i can i can only imagine how bad it is now because when i was in secondary school i mean phones were there but they were like the block phones the texting phones and like so social media and all that I can't imagine what it's like to be a teenager now in school and to have Instagram and be like such and such said this or blah 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 like can't even imagine it like at least you were able to go home and be in peace when you went home but now there's no switching off so it's hard it's so hard but I think every generation goes oh I feel so bad for the generation coming up like it's constant but this technology is I can only imagine yeah what do you think the effect of you going to an all-girls school was if there was any so a few different things like I've talked to a lot of people some people who have gone to all girls schools and had a brilliant experience and wouldn't change it and always wanted to be in, and, and, and guys have gone to all guys schools and really enjoyed it I went from a mixed primary school into an all girls school and <clears throat> maybe it was just I probably would have settled I actually had a, a, a one or two people who I knew who stayed in the school I left after three years and um, and they they got on fine and they really enjoyed the experience. For me, it was just a, a a little hybrid situation of like a lot of hormones and not a lot of a lot a lot of mixture. And and I moved to a secondary school after junior cert that was mixed. And what I found was that the boys mixed in with the girls have this nice little it it breaks it shifts everything. Like I think the girls dilute the boys a little bit that energy a little bit and the boys dilute the girl energy a little bit so it flows a bit better now you still have like the total archaic kind of stereotypes of boys being real boy and girls being real girly um, and I'm sure people have have been in mixed schools and have had difficult situations I'm sure that happens but I just found it so much more crack I I was maybe a little bit of a messer in my in in, in the secondary school that I the all-girl secondary school and um and then when I went to the mix, I was like, all oh, the boys were doing the mess. And then I could just sit back and laugh. And it was great fun. But uh, yeah, I just found the all-girl situation very intense. And maybe it was just the year I was in. And maybe it was just a fluke. And um, maybe it was just the hormones. But I just found it very clicky and bitchy. And it just wasn't my, my vibe. Just didn't like it at all. And to be perfectly honest with you, I do think boys and girls should mix. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you went to all boys or not, but it was mixed. Yeah, you were mixed the whole way through. And I just feel like we mix in the world. Yeah, uh, you know, well, like we have to learn how to age. get on and and having this whole boys are this way and girls are this way and that's why we keep them separate is not useful. I just don't think it's useful. I think it can only. I think it might heighten the stereotypes that we have in our head of what is male and what is female. And I think 
I think we should be pushing personally I, I think that we should push towards people being people and have a kind of more equal and I do think we we mix in everyday life so why not just get our children used to each other um, and I know that some people say academically boys do better when they're away and not distracted and, and look that's totally fair. That's people's opinions. But I suppose if I had children, I wouldn't be putting them into mix, uh, separate no, schools. Like anyway. you'd want to prioritise like proper development and respect for like each other rather than academic yeah. achievement. And communication because, totally. you know, that's like a big thing that we need to work on is how men and women communicate towards each other and all of that. Yeah. You know, Um so I would, yeah, I would very much think throw them all in together there yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time. Right, let's give another spin. Okay. Here we go. Number 36. Do you have it? Nope. No worries. Nothing, nothing today. Yeah, no. well, and you said you were competitive. <laughs> um, I'm enjoying the chat so much, I actually don't really mind. You see, I told you, it always happened. Um, number 36. Do you believe in love at first sight? Ah. Uh. <laughs> that was a nice response in and of itself. No, I, I don't. You don't? I oh, don't. You just it. No, I'm joking, yeah, I'm joking. I don't, I don't believe in love at first sight. Um, no, I don't think that's possible I think you can have a huge attraction to somebody and I definitely definitely believe in connection and chemistry uh, with a person like um, and I don't even know why that is it, it has to be animalistic or pheromones or something mm. but there are people you meet and you have a clear buzz with them and then there are some you know because it's, it's not always about looks it's sometimes it's just like there's a buzz so I think you can have attraction at first sight. I think you might have lust at first sight. Mm. Um, I don't think you can have love at first sight because I think my definition of love is that you kind of, you see somebody, okay, you let somebody in to your heart and, and soul. You, you let them see you for everything you are and they do the same. And that's love to me. So it's a, it's a, it's a dual relationship. It's not just one. So I know that, you know, there's unrequited love and we talk, you know, there's that kind of idea. But I don't know if that's love, you know, and, and I've heard people being like, oh, someone said he was, you know, in love with me. And I'm like, they can't be in love with you, though, can they? Because you're not in love with them. So you haven't really shown them you. Right. Does that make sense? You know, it's yeah. like you need to you, know, you need to crack open this little part of you and go, that's me. And they have to do the same and you both look at it and go, oh my God, like we, we see it. We see each other. And that's love. Mm. And I think that doesn't happen in a one-way street. I think it happens. I think real love happens mm. together with someone. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder, is that the difference? And we're splitting hairs here because I don't know. Let, let, let's yeah, just yeah. rip it because <laughs> it's fun. I wonder, is that the difference between like, because... That that idea of like being in love and it's that thing of like not that it's not that like you are in love with someone it's that together you are love. Okay. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. which sounds like what you're talking about mm -hmm. because it's that thing of like you both opened up this like this like part of each other that I suppose is like saved for like those rare occasions. Yeah. Like so so wait then this is interesting. Like so do you think? Like, have you been in love more than once? Have you been in, like, do you think you can be in love more than once? In your life? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so it's not a case of, like, once that's... No, 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 And no. so is it different with, is that part of you different with each person? Let me think. Um, no. No, I don't think so. It's the same. I think it's you. I think it's you 
And I think that the experience is always going to be different because it's with a different person. And you, maybe you've changed because you're not the person you were. Like, my very first boyfriend was 19. And that was my first love, you mm. know. Um, and then the person I'm with now, you know, is, I'm a, I'm a hugely different person. Sure. Uh, but, what was the question? It was, yeah, it was, it was just about that thing of like, is that the same? Like, so, so, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is, yeah. is there is there an implication there? Um, so so do you think that to be in love with someone because they are seeing like the truest version of you that they are inherently, they know you the best? Um, like, I definitely uh, think they know a part of you that... Yeah, I think I think a romantic relationship, if that's what we want to call the whole, is that, is that what we're discussing? I think, yeah, I think you can, yeah, I think you can know them on a way that you, yeah, you wouldn't let other people know you, mm. or or you can't really because you share more, you share more. I mean, it's a romantic relationship, it's a sexual relationship. A lot of the time, it's, uh, yeah. So I think there there is. That is a special kind of relationship, you know, that is different from the love you have with family or the love you have with friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's like, I think what love is, 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 um, is a, a showing of yourself, you know, and it's mm -hmm. your choice to do that. You know, it's like I choose this and then the other person chooses to do it, too. And so you're both in it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think it's love if it's one way. Okay, I think it's different. I think okay. it's something else. That's really interesting though because because what you're saying is really gorgeous about that that thing of that opening up of that like yeah. part of you. But maybe is un is is the, the one way love it it's when that you do that and you actually do open up that part of yourself and then the other person doesn't. So maybe it's more of an internal thing because it's not it's not so much as you said that like you've got the opportunity to be in love together yeah. because as you said th if both of those things aren't open but in a way that, that it, it, it's probably possible that that's more painful when you opened it up within yourself yeah. to learn that after you doing that which is I think we can all agree is probably a really difficult thing to do it's I super think vulnerable I like the most vulnerable you can be you and know? then when someone meets your most vulnerable act and kind of walks away from it or something like I know I mean but like the, and then breakups are it's a funny one isn't it it's like because they can be just the, that's maybe that's the closing up of it or whatever. And that's the the hard part of um, having seen somebody's truest kind of form and then going, now we need to go back to the, you know, the, the formal or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't fully know, mm. if I'm being honest. Maybe it, maybe this is just my experiences of love because I've never had a love. I've never like. I wouldn't have said I've ever been like, oh, I'm in love with someone and they're not in love with me. So maybe that's just my view of it or something. Sure. But, um, I think in its essence, love is good. You know? Yeah. Like it's a good thing. Yeah. So I think, I think people can get confused. I think it's very easy to get confused with what love is. You know, and, and it's said so often, you know, people say so much about love and it's I love you and or love, love, love. It's it's in everything. It's in every song and it's in every movie. And I think, yeah, like love at first sight is mistaken and people you can have relationships that you think are love and aren't love at all, actually, in hindsight and are something completely different. Um, But I think 
I think what love is 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 goodness. I think it's pure and it's good, and um, and I think all of that is possible when you first meet someone, but you can't know that. You can't know that. I I don't think you can know that after looking at someone once. Yeah. I think that has to be earned and that has to be trusted and it has to grow in its own organic way. Now that can happen quite quickly or it can happen over a huge period of time, but like whatever love it love is 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 good, yeah. Yeah. Kind. No, I agree with you because but it's funny, I, I do and I don't because on another level the person in my life that I was most in love with and I mm. think I was most that was most in love with me, like my my greatest experience of love I also remember that person the first time I saw them in a way I've never remembered anyone else. Okay, I know what you mean. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Yeah. But I'm not saying but I agree because if love at first sight was a thing, that actually is so boring. Like the idea of love at first sight is the most boring thing in the world. Yeah. When you think about it, it's like do you re- like if if love is meant to be like the best thing in the world the reason that we're all on this planet is to 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 you know to love and emit love and to live in a loving way the fact that it could be achieved with like literally like like mistakenly looking at someone that is so boring well like I I I, I love TED Talks and stuff but there's a great TED Talk now I can't remember her name but she's an anthropologist and she talks about the different stages of love um and one is like it's 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 sexual like is the is the first thing apparently mm. and 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 anthropology is like why why we we act the way we act so it's not like psychology or anything like that it's just the study of human behavior i believe i could be completely wrong but i i think that's what anthropology is and she so she was like i'm not a i'm not a therapist i'm not a psychoanalyst i'm not trying to uh, this is just i'm t- i'm able to tell you why humans behave the way they do based on their hormones and stuff so the first one is sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. And so that is purely designed to get you to mate with that person. Right. That's what that is. That's that function. Have sex with that person. You really like them. Have sex with the mm-hmm. person. And then the second one, second stage is romantic love. And romantic love, she talks about, is when um, after enough time, you know, you're with that person, you drive into a car park and their car is the best car in the car park or like they put down their cup and you're like look at the look at the way their cup looks and everything about that person just becomes the best thing in the world that's what romantic love is and that is purely designed to keep you from not having sex with anyone else but just keep having sex with that one person so the body is designed to like try keep with the one mate don't go off with other people right. <laughs> you know so that's romantic love and then after a while that forms into attachment what's called attachment and attachment is 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 with how people stay in relationships for long enough because they become used to the person and it becomes a routine and it becomes nice to have a person in your life and apparently that is designed for the sole reason to stay with one person for long enough to have a baby and to raise the baby. That is what humans are designed for. So I right. know this is like totally shitting all over your <laughs> love at first sight thing. No, But it's not. like we have programs in us. And I know that sounds mad because we, we like, we, we romanticize all these things. We have stories and like poetry and of course love sounds great. But actually what's happening in our body is really interesting when you break it down like hormonally. Oh, totally. We are designed to, and like you say, like love at first sight or like when you met your girlfriend or, or whoever that person was and you saw her in a way that you didn't see anyone else. And like we've all remembered like, like times like that. But you know, that, that could be like 
the hormones or the pheromones or whatever it was yeah. that were connecting you to that person. And then after that, it's like a chain reaction of your body trying to kind of, I don't know, to mate. Like, that's what it is, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to- <laughs> no it actually, it, it, it totally doesn't shit all over it. It kind of does the opposite because I don't think I believe in love at first sight either. But okay. like, I, it, but I do believe in, yeah, like I, I just, it doesn't feel like a coincidence to me that like, that, that that's the only time I can remember ever really meeting anyone like I really you know yeah. the way, you know like sometimes in like acting class they do this annoying thing where they're like you know describe the like things that that person's wearing and how they're and you're like I'm shit at that and I don't know what, what that means but like I, I could do that with this one thing that happened know, like six years mind. ago which is just weird isn't it I know but, but yeah no but it's so interesting all that stuff about has anyone them. ever said yes to that question yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, loads of people. Oh, yeah, really? I, I'd say it's like maybe 60, 40 in terms of people don't. Like that's really? a, it's slightly more popular, but lots of people do, yeah. Really? But I think that it probably just depends on your definition of, of, love. of what love Absolutely. is. Absolutely, know? yeah, 100%. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but, yeah. But, and it's so interesting. I, like it, it's probably, it's one of the it's one of the best questions there because it gives you like such a good insight into... Oh God, people are going to think I'm just like a cold hard bitch. No, no they're not. No, they're not. Cause <laughs> this I, is the reason why... <laughs> It's all hormonal. <laughs> we'll just edit this question. No, but like I, lo- I like, I like, I love love. You know what I of mean? Course. And I'm in love at the moment, and it's just amazing. It's an amazing feeling. But it's something that to me is 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 earned, not earned, but tr- built and a two way street. No, exactly, and that's that's the other interesting thing about it. Like I was thinking a lot about this recently. It's like you can have so many because, like, what you what all you did there. I don't think it was in any way. Like it was in no way heartless, but like if it, if it was, and it wasn't even pragmatic. All it was was acknowledging that like there are so many boxes. Like let's let's make it so like robotic. Like there's literally yeah. boxes that need to be ticked to be in love with someone. And it's so funny because like you can have like it, let's just say there's like you know eight of them, right? And you can have seven seven and a half of them. But like sometimes that half one that's missing might be the most important. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I even talking to people who are married, like y- y- you know, and it, it's so interesting that they like hearing them talk because I think one of the things that I really needed to get over as a like as a, a you know a young person like navigating relationships was like expecting everything from oh, the person. Oh God, yeah, you're That's in love a big with. One. And then yeah. it's like, oh no, wait, like no one can give you everything. And no one is perfect. And that thing of like one thing I have realized as well is that like love is not enough to keep people together yeah, it's that, not it's really not enough hard. and that is like a good thing to realize though as well because there's practical elements to like i think if you're too romantic in your head <clears throat> it makes it very difficult because you just go with your feelings so much but, but like truthfully like when you find someone you want to be with and you're trying to plan a future or you want to make things work what in whatever way you have to work on a lot of levels. Love is one of them, you know, and it's a lovely thing, but you've you've got to work on so many levels. And you've got to be good for each other, you know? You've got to be able to communicate and you've got to be able to 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 take care of each other and to be kind and respectful to each other. They're all hugely important, like the most important things. And so love is, yeah, something that's there alongside it. And love is something that changes, I think, as well with time. Like you c- the love you have at the very beginning of your relationship and the love you have when you've been married for, you know, 30, 40 years is different. But it doesn't mean it's any worse. It's just changes. And like, that's the best thing about relationships is that you can get to a next level and it becomes a completely different thing. Start a family with someone or maybe, you know, go through really hard times with with somebody and, and then it changes into something else. Like, so, yeah, like I said, I suppose it depends on what your definition of love is. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, hey, that's that's us. That's us. That's us. Uh, that was amazing. Um, thanks. So I I know you're you're flat out at the moment doing other bits and bobs. Yeah. Um, so. Why don't you tell us what, what you're up to, any social media, any gigs, whatever you want. Uh, okay, so I am rehearsing at the moment for uh, the Bram Stoker Festival. Now, I'm so bad because there's a name for this play, but I don't know what the name is. That's it's like right. it's We're doing three plays yeah. in, in, in the church in Dublin Castle. And it's, I think, the 26th, 27th, 28th and 29th of October. And there's seven o'clock shows and nine o'clock shows, although I think, think the seven o'clock shows are sold out so it's probably just the nine o'clock ones so if you want to come and get scared yeah by me and Dunico d and john doran what a great bunch of people come and get scared anna shields mcnamee anna shields is directing Brilliant. and actually we had the funniest thing because um we were rehearsing late because we're trying to work with with the light and darkness and stuff and um one of the the security guards came in and was like you okay here and we're like yeah we're just rehearsing a, a spooky play and they're like oh sure there's a ghost up there and i th- we think now there is a ghost uh, in the church that we're in and I walked up the stairs yesterday and I felt footprints behind me like mm. I, f- I and I didn't say it and then Donica was like that's so weird in that corner I thought that I saw a shadow like twice during the day and now we're convinced that there's a friend we think it's a friendly ghost yeah is with us in the church oh man okay we need to do a part two and just talk about ghosts for ah! I, 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 I don't even know if I believe oh uh, yeah I know I, I know I, just, I don't actually I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready to finish personality bingo and I'm just going to start like the ghost and love podcast <laughs> the ghost and love I love it. Can ghosts <laughs> fall in love at first sight? Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that. Great. Uh, and that'll be good crack. And uh, that's, you know, that's the majority of, yeah. Do yeah. A few other a few other bits. I'm doing a bit of writing and, and, and hopefully we'll have something to show people next year. Amazing. Uh, which would be good. Very exciting. And so I will be plugging all of the social media for that. <laughs> yeah, well, look, we'll, we'll keep the night. Um, Kriva Omani, thanks so much for playing personality. Thank here. you so much, Tom. So guys, that was the brilliant Quiva O'Malley playing Personality Bingo. Quiva, if you are listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. I really appreciate you uh, coming in and taking the time out of your schedule because I know you're flat out with uh, the various bits and bobs. So thank you so much. Um, as always, a big thank you to Erin Lindsay, the boss woman, for mixing, editing and producing this podcast. Also to Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for their lovely theme music and to Conor Nolan uh, for his excellent artwork. Uh, and as always, to Paddy O'Leary and Alan Bennett for having us a part of the Head Stuff podcast network um, guys as I always like to end the episodes if you do enjoy what we do let someone know um, whether that's on Facebook uh, or social media that always feels like the easiest way but look if it comes up in conversation tell them about our podcast we've got so many episodes whether that's comedy theatre acting directing um, any of the different like art forms whether it's writing we have novelists we have singers I mean we really do have stuff um, right across the board so there's got to be something in there for everyone at this point uh, and if you know that is uh, your bag um, hopefully your friends might be into it too and um, we're always trying to get more and more people listening because uh, I love doing this for whoever is enjoying it and uh, it means the world when you just see the numbers um, on the rise and you get people checking in on, on um, Twitter and, and Facebook saying they're enjoying what you're doing I don't know it's just a nice feeling and uh, it lets us know that you're out there because podcasting is a mysterious little 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 art form so um, it's always nice to know that you're listening and as always a great way to do that is just on iTunes giving us uh, a rating um, a comment uh, whatever that is that, that actually ju- does help with the charts uh, and various various things like that a little cool stat I heard recently it's that 80% of the podcasts in the world have less than 200 listeners. 
Like, we got way more than 200 listeners. So it's kind of nice to know, like, we're probably in, like, the top 85% of podcasts, like, in the top 15%, I suppose. So that's kind of a cool little thing. So um, a little brag there to end the episode. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. Tom Moore.